to episode two of the Crochet Circle podcast. Because we're celebrating the launch of our new podcast, we've sneaked a little extra episode in for you, and it's called Meeting Our Icon, Erica Knight. So what you're about to hear is a lovely interview stroke chat that we had with Erica. We were able to talk to her about sustainability, why Bear Grylls should really learn to crochet, and of course, Erica's journey behind her new studio linen yarn. Enjoy. Welcome, Erica Knight, to the first ever interview for the Crochet Circle. Well, thank you, guys. I am so excited to be here. We are a little bit giddy, actually, because um, we were discussing on the journey if we could have had a list of people that we would have wanted to interview first, you were most definitely at the top of it without sounding overly sycophantic. Lynn was comparing you to the Vivian Westwood of the Knitting and Crochet World. Oh my gosh, well, I, I, I'm, Vivian Westwood is just amazing without any comparable would just be so exciting for me to well, be. I did want to print fabric for her, but that's the closest I've got. That's closer than most. For both of us, your ethics and the ethics of the Erica Knight brand fit very well with what it is that we believe in, so we are chuffed to bits to be here today. Mutual. Thank you. So how's everything been going recently? I'm here launching a new yarn which I'm very excited about. It's been a long time in the gestation, but uh, very dear to my heart. It's been a, a recycled yarn, and my ethos um, for my little brand is um, everything has to be fully traceable for me. I have to know where it comes from. I have to know all the ins and outs of it. I think it's important if I want my end user to love and enjoy processing, working with the uh, process and the end product, important for me that she knows all about it. Absolutely, um, provenance is very important. Yeah. So you're currently launching that yarn and it's recycled content. We've actually got it on the desk with us and Lilla's having yes, a have squish. Have, have a squish. It is beautiful. I'm sorry listeners, we'll, we'll get this up on the show notes. The colours are just so complimentary and soft and Well, I, I think with this, it's a recycled linen, so it's 85% from recycled fibre, which is very dear to my heart. I mean, even going back from the rag and bone days, if you like, where we naturally would recycle fabrics. You know, people came around on horse and carts and bring out your rags and it would be recycled into, you know, fibre for the industry. Neps going into our tweed yarns. Do you know now this country has to import polyester nips? You know, what are we doing? So, you know, it's very dear to my heart, you know, that this is a natural wastage process that we can enhance and reuse again. And then, of course, you know, I'm passionate about Irish linen, or was passionate. We no longer have Irish linen. And I always use uh, beautiful Irish linen in shirtings and these beautiful yarns, which sadly I can't get anymore. Sadly, they're you know, long gone and the skills have gone. So this yarn is mixed with a 15% premium um, flax from Belgium. So it's just horses for courses for me, going where we can support things, what's left, you know, and this, this skill. So although this is spun in Italy, it's really like our interest. We're great protagonists of supporting the British manufacturing, but also I have been privileged in my life to learn my trade in Italy with some of the best couturiers, if you like, and some of the best spinners. So I find that they have enhanced this yarn for me. This linen just takes colour so beautifully. We, so we can you, know, you can't that. see yeah. colour. Let Absolutely you know if we could only do colour and texture on 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 the podcast would be brilliant, but it's like coming home for me and I feel this little collection you know I've done has been sort of it feels me yeah I would say it, yeah. it's, it seems like a good reflection of you and your brand and it's simple yeah it's no. just well, keep, it, keep it simple to get things simple involves a lot of like I'm sure everybody says you know it involves a lot of decision making all the, it's all what you reject that makes it better so you know, we're all after the, you know, the perfect thing. But for me, it's natural. I love just working with natural products, the, the drape. So for this linen, for me, what I wanted to do with this yarn is really bring an elegance back to some summer knitting. Um, but more importantly, for crochet. What I love about crochet is immediately you can crochet with everything. I think I'm known for crocheting from string to cashmere. 
from leather to rubber to you know recycled fabric and whatever which I love the texture and the sculptural thing that you can enhance with sculpture more than knitting yes, sometimes you can, you know? that's what I like about crochet I love it but I've always missed that sort of drape with crochet yes. and I'm sure yeah. loads of listeners are, I'm sure yeah. they'll be saying the same thing so I wanted some elegance to crochet and in summer you know you want that cool hand of linen so yeah, yeah. that's where I'm from. So when you were talking earlier about the sustainability aspect of your products, mm -hmm. we both have a background in environmental sustainability, so it's something that we're really, you yeah, know, music to our we're ears, We're all growingly really. passionate about. Yeah, in the past I've worked a little bit similar to what you were talking about, where the waste from one industry might well be the product to use oh, love in another industry. So it was um, a project that I was involved in where we married up these companies. Uh, you know, it's fantastic. Um, but just wondering, how hard is it to produce an affordable yarn that is British? Very difficult. I wish I could say, oh, it's so easy. If I give you the background, what motivates me? One of my first jobs, when I was about 25, was working with a, a big high street retailer, during which I think a lot of us would recognise was the death of the textile industry in the years. And I had to go with him, uh, one of the CEOs, and lay off two and a half thousand people in a factory. And I really never got over that. You know, these people couldn't get up sticks and, and move. You know, their kids were at school here and what have you. And then, you know, systematically through different policies, um, both government and high street, and lots of lots of decisions, we lost the textile industry, but we lost the skills as well. The people, the just phenomenal, phenomenal industries, phenomenal people, phenomenal resources. We were once the biggest cotton producer. We were wool producers. And famously, you know, with lovely Rowan, we walked with the hill farmers. The hill farmers were, you know, being encouraged or being forced to keep the sheep for the meat rather than the fleeces. Fortunately, now we've got, well, I'm getting a healthier price for the wool. But that takes costs. And there's not many spinners still in this country. It's increasing. And I've been really fortunate to work with one of the best, one of the most innovative. But it's not cheap. It's no. not cheap. And it's time consuming. But we're working really hard. And I work with James Axton. It's been challenges for all of the industry, but there's some great people, there's some great skills still relevant in this industry that's making it possible, and lots of yarn companies now are beginning to do that. It also feels to me like the industry is starting to turn. When I say the industry, what I probably mean is the consumer base, they're starting to care a little bit more about what they're buying. I was heartened to hear that actually there's been funding secured for a cotton mill to be open in Manchester. Well, I know wow. that's how exciting that we could actually get part of our cotton industry back. So it's going into a site of an existing old cotton mill. That is fantastic news. The commonality for us all is that we're all loving it and passionate and wanting to resurrect uh, these things. For our small part, for me, obviously, you know, British through and through since the doomsday, but we all go to my village, we all are the same. <laughs> and that's what, you know, spurs me on. And I just think there's really good people and skills. And I, I really had the privilege to be taught my trade by these people. And in a tiniest way, if I can put that back, if, if I've got the choice. It's all about choices. And it's all about awareness. And it's all about re-education. And some of us absolutely know it and we're passionate for it. We've still got to all be collaboratively saying those things. And it's not for everyone. But for me, it's sort of fundamental. And I don't want to pay too cheap for my teacher. Or I just want to know where my chickens come from or my t-shirt. And all I say is, if it's important, you ask the question. It's as simple as that. So if somebody says to me, where does your wool come from? I can actually tell them, hand on heart, where that comes from, why that's good. And you know that my yarns are double steamed. It's not revolutionary, but 
it makes a difference to my products. And I think also it will make a difference to people who are using the product because oh, I think with knitters and crocheters, people are becoming more informed and they're able to make better decisions on what, what is it that I want to use, how much have I got to, to spend, and more people are supporting British and I think sometimes we've all got a budget too and there are really good products at all prices I like to give the end user a value experience that's important to me I like her to know that that experience is there that the whole process because a lot of us we start things and we don't finish them but it's the process and the joy do you know sometimes it's even the mental process of what shall I do you know we're all on Pinterest or Instagram or Ravelry and we go, oh yeah, I'm putting that, that's the next project. <laughs> and that's actually part of the joy. Yeah. You know, like even starts with that. And let's face it, we're all control freaks. <laughs> you know, the knitted and crochets, the fact that I can be the ultimate control freak and make my yarn, make the fibres that go into the yarn to, to design the fabric and control the fabric and then do the knitting. Ultimate, you are talking to the ultimate control freak here. <laughs> simple ethos is that something you've always had in your head or Do you know is it what? something that's developed along the way i've not been asked that before <laughs> we've asked erica something she's never been asked before <laughs> and i do make things up you know if it's the same question because i think if readers read something they go i've read about pussycat yeah. willem before yeah. the people who know me i've got a bit of devil in me and i will make things up i can be very complex but for me i like to hone that down make that um, palpable I hope I have to in, in writing the books I like to make sort of simple recipes if you like and just the simplest nuance I want everybody to experience a joy of crafting back in the day we used to have a lot of out workers from uh, among the south coast and uh, from Littlehampton those people might know it along to Hastings I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even been like talking to you without these people. These women would have captained industry, given different opportunities in their life. They had these skills, but they didn't have what we have now, these opportunities, and they would have. And they taught me these things. And then some people really needed the money that, you know, they earned doing this, but they didn't have the skills. So I used to design things that they could do. Somebody was reminding me today that I used to do a lot outside scenes and things so just where you sewed it up and that's always interested me you've got the complex knitter who wants they want the woolies yes, to do they, it. It. they yeah. do yeah, they're the more complex mm. engineered absolutely love it but then there's somebody who just wants to be encouraged to start something and finish it so I like to create journey of recipe enjoy the yarn the process enjoy finishing it um, I think the important thing I think is I've just said I'm really complex and probably <laughs> not really simple. <laughs> to make something sorry. simple. Yes, it's, it's, just, it's a complex. very complex yeah. thing. But I think that's the key. If you can take something that's complex and then distill it down into something it. simple yeah. that somebody can then read the instructions line by line and yeah. then create that complexity, then that's in itself is a simple... I like the fact that they might find a project that they... Hopefully, oh yeah, I'll make that. Then they'll look at it and go, do you know what? I could do that in a different way. I could embellish that. For example, I always do fashioning inside the edge like we do, because lots of people don't like finishing. Me, I mean, I love to finishing, but I do it integrally. But most of our think the designs in this collection are really short row shaping to give smoother edges and three needle cast offs to give nuances of detail. That's all it's, you know, little vents, but to me it's about the shape of a garment and wearing it, so you feel comfortable in that. But we've all got different stances in what we make, and that's what makes this, this whole industry so rich, um, and there's room for everybody, and I love that, I love that, you know. Collaborations that you have, and you have quite a few. This one I particularly like because to me it's a group stamp in Britishness, is John Lewis Partnership. Yeah, yeah. That's a really nice collaboration that you yeah. have. I'm, you know, I've already stated a kind of 
liking my colours. I'm an Eric Knight fan. <laughs> I'm also a John Lewis fan. So when I can walk into John Lewis and see your yarns and really beautifully laid out patterns that inspire me to want to buy them, inspire me to want to knit and crochet them, that just that makes me happy. But I'm so intrigued to know how how well, that came about with John Lewis. Well, you know, to their credit, they invited us. So that was lovely, yeah. and a bit like you. And I'm a great advocate for the high street. As I said, you know, in another guys have been in ready to wear for a long time. And I think they really try very hard. And I love the ethos of the partnerships. And yeah, they, what can I say? They've given us sort of fairly free reign. Um, it's difficult working a craft into commercial terms, but it's a very nice partnership for us, a collaboration that's interested us. And it's very popular, and um, we're able to use British manufacturing, which they support. Um, there are challenges, but you know, design is all about challenges. As you say, keeping it simple, keeping it cost-effective mm -hmm, yeah. for everybody. It's lovely if I'm just on my own and doing it for my own thing and putting it out there on my own. But what is important to me is making it commercial. So, yeah, I love the fact that. Um, my things have got like a, a different sort of reach in, in commercial terms. It's um, very and we've tried some pretty out there colours for them. We've done really acid <laughs> yellow. Yeah, yes. yeah. And they love it, and it's yeah. sold really well. So yeah, watch your space. There's much more to come oh, from that so company. So yeah. Will the new range, the studio linen, be available in Germany? Yeah, as well? um, we hope so. It's all you know. It's brand new. We're just launching um, today. So they're, they're two different entities, you know, what we do with them. And um, so we, we hope we're offering different things in a way. Yeah, they're very different. And uh, do you know, I love collaboration. So, you know, I'm very interested in what you girls are doing. You know, let's do more collabs with mixing people up, you know, mashups, I think yes. could be really cool in yeah. this industry. You bring pe different people, we all have a different perspective oh, on things, and then yeah. when you bring things together, it's like Faye and I, this time a couple of years ago, we'd never met, yeah. and then yeah. you meet, it's like, oh, we could do this, you know, let's do that, and it's it just so goes on it and on. It feels right. It does. Yes. It's great. One of the things that we're also interested in doing with the podcast is highlighting some of the background work that goes into so tech editing and copy editing. Well, yeah. And because quite often those people are the unsung heroes. Absolutely. So we, we want to be able to do similar interviews with those parts of the industry also. Fabulous idea. Absolutely fabulous idea. Obviously, we're probably um, talking to maybe the converted, but there is a lot of people who don't know all the processes that go into a pattern. And it's very easy for people to say, oh, there's a mistake on, you know, yeah, it's crucial when you're late at night and you want to get that project finished and there's a, it should have been a K8 when it was a P8. You know, I really understand that and that's very annoying. But the amount of work that goes into um, the editing and the the grading, let me tell you, That's you really know, um, grading for ten sites, and we want to accommodate everybody. But the amount of the mathematics, I go round and round in my basket all the time. Although, although I have a lot of books out there, I actually my output is very low because of these things. I have a fabulous girl work with me, Sally Lee, and she is unsung. And when she, if she listens to this, she will go bright red from the <laughs> tip of her toes to the tip of her hair. She comes out with me a lot, and I couldn't do it without her. We've got a language of patterns between us that sometimes when people rewrite the patterns, I can't read them back to myself. I like putting in row counts. I like putting in stitch counts again. But sometimes books and the way they're edited, they have a page count, and they take that out. And I get a bit frustrated. I find that really hard because I've had patterns that I've sent off and then someone will email me and say, oh, I think there's a mistake. And then when you look at it, it's been, it's, it's been, redone. been redone. I learned to my cost very early on. There was a book that I did with another designer. Um, I didn't know. I, I've honestly come into this business through sheer Mickey Mouse ignorance and enthusiasm. And I'm sure a lot of people just do the same. 
and we were commissioned to do a book back in the day where we had big, big advances, people. <laughs> I didn't know there were different styles of how you do patterns. Um, all the money went into changing all the style the day before it had to go to print. There is not just one style out there, there's lots of styles. Actually, you, you alluded to it about um, reading patterns. No one reads patterns. We all are guilty of it. No one stands tension squares. No one reads patterns. We all go, what needle size? Right, I'm ready to go. They always say, I'm always on that tension. I always No, you don't, because there's lots of designers, and they all have their own tensions. They all have their own style. So the process from getting from A to Z is a very long, complicated process. And I think absolutely in agreement with you, we should honor the processes because from concept, from the spec drawing, putting everything down. And I've come from, well, I come from hand knitting through to the industry, learned my craft in Italy from a couturier we were couturier knitters. I was taught by a guy who was taught from Chanel. I mean, you know, I spent all my time going, <laughs> screaming, you know. I think you're right on the money. And certainly crochet, where now people are demanding much more of the diagrams because we've got different languages and people have different, nationalities have different ways how they work their patterns. Um, and also, obviously, in crochet, Americanization to English. I am so excited at that question or, or that statement. Fantastic. I'm on it, girls. Yeah. The podcast is called The Crochet Circle, and it's a podcast for crochet years with a little bit of knitting on the side. You know, knitting is not a dirty one. Do you have the dark any... side? It's often called. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you have anything coming up that's more crochet content? Yes, I do. This new yarn I brought out, I wanted something a bit more elegant, if you like, more, more drape yeah. for the industry. I love, I love, love, love colourful crochet. I love that. But also, I, you know, as is the Gemini in me again and the complex in it versus a simple fight. I love the simplicity. I love it really, really fine crochet. And I love all the fat, overblown crochet. And I smoosh things together. It's a new technical term, smooshing. But we all get there. You, you know, you know exactly what you, you mean. You know, you're, 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 you're squishing. But slightly more Scottish version. <laughs> so I wanted to have a bit more, you know, drape. I want to see what that does with crochet. We're, we're doing a lot more crochet. Um, I like putting lots of ends together and seeing what that will do, or thick things. And I just, the, the myriad of stitches that you can make up, you know, it's, it's a chain. You know, for God's sake, how simple, how simple is that? And the variety, I'm always amazed by what people, and the, you know, the Aragorumi, you know, the artists that you get in it, so global, and embracing everybody's nationalities of what they do with crochet, you know, of the Spanish. I mean, I didn't know I could sell a, a crochet book. Mine, you know, my first book was literally, you know, what, 101 ways with DC. I've really learned on the job, really. And then, you know, it sells in Spain. I think crochet is quite widely spread, as, as much as knitting is, but crochet, oh, especially absolutely. in America, crochet oh, is absolutely huge. huge. The traditions of the Afghan, yeah. you know, blankets and stuff, and you see the most exquisite, mm. which I could never, ever hope to have achieved in my lifetime. And there they all are. I just, yeah. Yay crochet, is what I said. <laughs> we were talking on the way too about Yarn Shop Day, Erica, because you're yeah. an ambassador for Yarn Shop yeah. Day. Um, it's a, a day that Sarah Neal founded, Yarn Shop Day. Yes, April the 30th this year. Yep. So what will you be doing on Yarn Shop Day? Well, this year I'm going to be with a company new to us, a shop new to us called Spotted Sheep in Leighton Bassett. And they were very excited about our, our new yarn, and I just thought, do you know what? 
Part of my ethos too is to support the bricks and mortar stores. You know, people who've set up through passion and maybe changing life, changing circumstances. It's a lot of money to stock a yarn shop, let me tell you. You know, um, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's lovely for people to be able to access yarn and immediately because you know what it's like if you... I mean, God forbid we run out of yarn. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a, there should be an A and E, but you know, uh, not that we do because we have mustaches, you know. But that's another whole story. But God forbid we run out of yarn. But the local yarn store is a gem, and every local yarn store each has its USP, and that, that's the person who's running it and the people in it. And we go there for sustenance of buying new yarn chat for social for remedial for people who may be marginalized there's many different reasons yarn shop day is so important people can get involved in so many different ways and it's so inexpensive to you know sign up what they get from that is so much support you know i'm really wanting to encourage lots of designers lots of people lots of checkers, lots of unsung heroes, lots of people, spinners, dyers. We're all fascinated, not just people who me, you know, the, ob I don't know, obvious go-to is who, there's lots of people who are passionate about um, supporting local yarn shops. I was in Jack in Brighton on Saturday. Wow, Hotel my lovely, local please. yarn shop, yeah. Oh, wow, wow. It's just we lovely. And you know, we were there for an hour and a half. We had such a lovely chat with the lady. It wasn't the owner, but it was the lady who works yep. there. They were so nice. My friend was able to sit there and breastfeed for an hour. Yep. I was running back and forth, bringing her different um, skills of yarn and saying, what do you think of this? And they were more than happy for us to be there for a length of time. Just to have We have been speech. waiting for Kate since before she was born. <laughs> because the last time we had um, um, an independent yarn shop of the calibre, um, was many years ago, many, many years ago. So Kate has been like a, a beacon. We all eagerly anticipated her coming and she's not tucked away, she's in the vibrant little part of North Lane. So we literally get off the train, girls, you know, you come down to Brighton for the best weekend ever because it will take you two days to get out of Yak. And you go and take one of her courses. She's got Tom Collins soon as well. Yeah. And she's got a group of great people in there and she's just a haven. Yeah. Just a haven. Really lovely little spot yeah. and then our local one that we'll probably be heading to is Bishop Of course. Of course, of course, of course. So, you know, and, and small things and big things and people just setting up and people who've been there for a long time. You know, we haven't had that in Brighton. We're, we're just so keen and it's lovely that we, we've had um, a very busy time. Who knew people are popping up all the time? We, we just want to make sure that we can support them in lots of different ways. Um, do you have a special place where you like to do your little crochet? I sit know? in a little chair that's my chair in the lounge and if anybody else is sat on it when it's crochet time, oh, come on now, can you just move off the chair please? Come on, coming round yours, I think. <laughs> it's my chair. <laughs> I think it's all round yours. I have to say, I travel a lot. I, do you know I travel less than I used to? But I think the only real quiet time I have is on trains. There's a lovely girl in this industry called Sabrina Gushwanda. She wrote a book many years ago called Knit Knit, a very seminal book about um, people um, a bit more, um, and especially embracing the crochet people who use it more sculpturally. And she said to me, um, you know, where are you, where, where's your studio? And I said, you know, probably um, either uh, Waterloo Station or King's Cross. So she did this mad picture of me and we're literally running, because I'm usually running for a train with all yarns from that. But in truth, probably on trains. You know, it's always, and, and crochet is perfect for travelling. It's very portable, isn't it? I, I it's elbows in as yes. well. Yes, yeah. you know, I have, I have been known to be travelling with huge, gigantic needles, you know, to do a demonstration or something. Where, and that does clear old person coming through with gigantic needles, guarantees you a seat. But the crochet hook is much calmer, and you come fed in with that. So when you're sat on the train and you've crochet or knitting, yeah. do you have a favourite piece of equipment that you use? Do you have a favourite crochet um, hook, a favourite needle, favourite scissors, anything? Oh, yeah. 
The favourite is just the crochet hook because I love the simplicity of it. I love the fact with that lovely hook. We're, we're a bit anal about the hook though, aren't we? You know, where they, they, we have got the favourite hook and it's annoying when they wear down a bit and you haven't got quite that, you know, to get the rhythm and everything. Do you have wooden or Do you know, I sort of do. I like them. Um, although Sally and I, you know, we're always debating this of getting the right tensions and things. So we, we have gone back to sort of metal ones. I find a you know? wooden hook is difficult. I, I can't know, and they split well. and I wear them out. But you can um, get a wooden handle and a metal hook. Yeah, so some of them now are more back. comfortable, yes. aren't they? Um, the chunkier handles yeah, um, are better. And then Ingrid Wagner. Do you know Ingrid Wagner? She's fabulous. She does these wonderful, huge, out of the thrums, yes. the waste yeah. product. Yeah. Ingrid's fabulous and she's got all, all that thrum. So she's very kindly, you know, giving me a thrum and these big, big, big hooks. So I do like them, but they look, do look a bit like offensive weapons on trains. People are a bit wary of you. But you it does know, scary old woman yes. crocheting in the corner there with big, big offensive weapons, you know. <laughs> I'm anal about my pencil case. Is that, does that count? You know, yeah, because, yes, absolutely. Um, I thought I'd give up a pencil case at about age 11. But weirdly, no. And I have to have sharp pencils. Stationery is very important. We love stationery, yeah. don't we? No sharp pads. pencils. Anal about that. And layout pads for designing. Um, 2B to 6B pencils. Um, and charcoal pencil I like. Yeah, rubbers, and, good and rubbers rubber that rub. doesn't make, when you rub out, yeah. everything doesn't go black. I have, oh. I have the answer for that, so I'll, I'll, I'll pop that up. And Wonderful. That's yeah. something else yeah. Wonderful. we need to find, the best but, rubber. You know, um, the chart paper, knitter's chart paper, also sort of crochet, has been a godsend to the industry. Yeah. Um, so yes, station, our related stationery, paraphernalia, mm. so important, because let's face it, it's lifestyle, it's our lifestyle. And I'm so big on that. Yeah. What in this industry, the little crochet industry, excites you and inspires you? Um, I think where we came in from in, in this sort of podcast, really, I think what inspires me is the, the creatives coming in, or new people, people I've known for many years, people I've known for maybe a few years and they're doing huge things in the industry, and people are just coming into it. There's so many opportunities, and I think though we, there's such a rebirth, a newness, that's what's exciting. There's still challenges, that need to be addressed. I'm hoping, I'm beginning to, I'm being a bit grumpy in my old age, but um, I want to address some of those. And But no, the excitement always, it's always, a, because it's always a new thing we're after, aren't we? We're, we're finishing a project and we're already, our heads are into the next one. And so, yeah, the, the, the minute you put something out there, you, you're, no, don't do that, do the next one. And that's what I love about, you know, new creatives coming in. I love it. I, I love the fact that I'm doing my own yarns. That, you know, I've got, I mean, fabulous. I've had Sarah Hensel, people come on. You know, people like you on Instagram, people that, oh my God, that person has come on. It's lovely, you feel connected. And that's nice to hear that as the yarn designer and the, the product owner, it's nice that you have that recognition of the people that love your product. Oh, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. It's so nice, you know, it's so nice. How can we not, how can we not be in, in enjoyment where we all enjoy doing things, getting together? That's what it's about, isn't it? Have you chat? I've got a cup of tea and a bit of drizzle cake with it, even better. <laughs> you know, but I'm certainly coming around yours. Around you. The seat of calm. Yes, the special <laughs> seat. The seat of calm crochet. <laughs> probably find a few uh, of my favourite crochet paraphernalia stuck down yeah. the side yes. if you had <laughs> I was at um, a workshop the other week and the lady's phone banged and she was one of the participants and her husband had sent her a photo and said, oh, I've just found your crochet hook and he'd taken the nozzle off the hoover and somehow they'd, I don't think it was him, she'd managed to suck up the crochet hook. It was just this little hook peeping out over the top and but they this is out. why it's not working properly, by yeah. the way. <laughs> they will out those crochet hooks. Oh, yeah. They will rise to the surface. <laughs> they will dominate over the housework. <laughs> I thought nice husband is hoovering and yes, she's away. That's that's a that's good she's, and love she's it. off doing a sock knitting She's workshop. got it right. Fantastic. She's got it right. Yeah, Definitely. She's living the dream. Definitely. Yeah. So a slightly different tack now. 
I'm wondering what would a 16-year-old Erica make of the person that you are now and what you've achieved? Looking back, would 16-year-old Erica have thought that you'd be doing what you're doing today? Wow. At 16, I was probably wanting to be Julie Driscoll. I was making my own clothes, that's for sure. I don't think anybody perhaps be surprised, maybe, I think about it. My mum would say, well, that's Erica's chair, always surrounded by bits of stuff. You know, until I had all my bits of stuff around me, whether it was fabric or this, that, the other. That's an interesting question. I feel I was a, a bit of a blob. And to all those blobs out there, I think creative, creativity will out. Will out. Doesn't matter whether you're, you know, in a job. You think, do you know I've got to get out of this office? Or I don't like what I do. What I love, 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 is that um, this very simple craft. We're talking a stick, really, or two yep. sticks, and a bit of continuous thread, whatever that may be, because we can create our own. I've done them from on beaches and driftwood and what other. You know, a, a, a challenge I wanted. I want to teach Bear Grylls to crochet. I think if he knew crochet, he might be trained by the SAS. But if he could crochet, he can shelter, he can fish, he can hunt. Can't dress himself. Dress yeah. himself. Yeah. You see? Nurture, you know? That, that might be our first Instagram yes. thing. Erica yeah. Knight encourages Bear Grylls to, to learn how to crochet. I, I, I think, don't you? But the fact is, it doesn't matter whether you're marginalised in society or you're divorced, recently bereaved, you, you just hate your job. The fact now, with this very low-tech craft, coupled with a very high-tech global presence, you can change your life. I know that sounds very grandiose, but it's there. It's really simple. You can do it from your back room. You can do it from your cosy chair. You can, you know, you can do it. That's so liberating. That's so, like, fantastic to me. That, you know, and you've got a business on Instagram or Craftsy or Indeed. Etsy or Ravelry. Facebook. Facebook. You know, it's really wonderful. Wonderful. That's what's changed in this industry. And long may that happen. And long may those people then become the new enterprises, the new industries in this industry in the next 20, 30 years. And move this industry that very often is seen as a bit unprofessional, a bit amateur, to a big C. That's my mission, the big suit. There's some kick-ass women around. Something that I'm quite passionate about with stashes, from a couple of balls to a Westminster-sized team, how big is Erica Knight's stash? More than like most of us we'd care to admit to. But recently, now I feel very smug about this because mine's a bit curated. No. Because I've got my workshop ones. Yes, I've got a colour-coded stash, which I love. That's your workshop stash. You're alluding to my personal stash. stash. Now again, I've got a basket, okay. but it's all whites, all textures, from cotton to suede to alpacas of texture white, and then I've got another stash of colour. I'm smug because they're curated and I'm enjoying them now much more. Yeah, yeah. the guilt is dissipating. I have no guilt. Oh, no, girls, no <laughs> guilt. Lots of people do, though, have Why? massive guilt about their yarn stashes. You don't have guilt about shoes or yarn? No, or no, 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 absolutely. And chocolate. And chocolate, sugar thing. You don't have yarn chocolate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to Faye on the way and I was saying about yarn stash. In no other area of my life do I go out and buy things that I'm just leaving a box for maybe four or five years before I actually use it. It's, it's just so different with yarn. I keep colour. I, like, I've always worked with colour. And I've got bits like this. And I know where it, I know where it comes from. So you're saying to me about being a 16-year-old. It was the six-year-old self, which is even weirder. Trading a little square of gold lame for something else in someone else's needle box. I can remember that as clear as clear. You know, looking forward to Monday afternoons after you'd had rice pudding at school. But, you know, um, trading these bits in sewing. And I'm still like that. So I'm in all about bits of colour as well as bits of yarn. One of my favourite websites is Skein Cocaine. Oh, look, cool. Oh, yeah, she's great. 
And I mean, you've got to love her, haven't you? Because it is something else to us, isn't it? Our, our, our yarn stashes. Um, of course, we don't need yarn. We haven't run out of it. We never run out of it. There is not. There's not a concept that we would run out of yarn. You know, I think intravenously somehow people just attached it to us at birth, some sort of thing. You know, it's. I have um, a stash palace. That's what I call it. It's in the spare room, but it's known as the stash palace within the family. And I love going in there and just, it smells of my stash. And I don't want to be in there because I smell of my stash. And it's lovely oh, and cheap. And it's beautiful. Everything's in crates. And it's like walking into an inspiration bubble. Occasionally I buy a little bit more for have a smidge of guilt but then I walk into the Sash no. Palace and think no, no it's you're deserved. my inspiration you, I've it got was little... required in that corner yeah. it brightened it up for sure I was a Shetland um, many years ago I mean it's a much more exciting and wonderful place now and, and, but even back in the day there wasn't a scrap of yarn left on the island that we hadn't shipped back through the one post yeah. <laughs> I think we reappointed the economy I think Stash Palace is just fantastic. I do believe they should give out um, holidays in yarn shops. I think a weekend pass where you can just go and enjoy, you have meals brought to you, drinks, you know, periodically, because it's heaven. It's where we all will go, you know, um, to Stash Palaces in the sky. Have a wall nest. I have a wall nest. It's not quite on the same level as Faye's Stash Palace. When I went to visit Faye's Stash Palace, she did have to prise me out of the room. I had taken root and wanted to live there. My little wall nest is still yeah. so the place. It's, yeah, and it needs it needs attention. I feel I've got to reorganise but, yeah. now. I'm I think that basket, because I do go, I've got a thing about basketry as well. Yeah. You know, I was taught basketry at primary school. So the yarn has to be in baskets. It only lives in baskets for me. Um, yeah, I'm a bit weird about those things. It's textures. It's, it's the strokey, and feely the thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have rabbits in there as well, you know, it would be strokey. More importantly, going back to yarn shop day, we need to go and stroke. Yeah. We're always stroking people and touching people. And I always say, you know, note to self, do not touch people in lifts. It's too close proximity. They don't always like it. Unless you're here and we're always going up, you know, in, in an environment where we're all comfortably and probably safely for other people together, you can't stroke other people in a nice way. Somebody was talking about that, the, the, it was a knitter, and she was talking about the knitter's handshake, where you get a little pad <laughs> on the back. Absolutely. And feeling how the patterns and how it's been together. I, lo I love that concept, that there's a special, like, a special handshake for the crafters. We were just sussing out their abilities, actually. Oh, there is so much to us. But this is all the imprint from birth, and I believe it's, you know, putting babies in good, good yarns, natural fibres from birth. Um, we don't go back, and, and, and so it all comes around, you doesn't know, it? I, I can attest to that, because my husband, I'm not allowed to make him anything. <gasps> and he reliably informs me that his first made-up word was scratchity. It's always scratchity, mummy, because he hated the woman item, and I don't know whether it was a clinic or what it was, but he hated it so much. I'm really hard pushed to get him into anything. Ooh, he's a oh, it really is. And I'm like, so what about a little hat? No. What about this? No. And it's because of that first imprint of being a toddler and he hated what he was supposed to put into scratch it. I can understand some of maybe the designs, you know, where yeah. we, we did we did inflict some really dodgy design, which now look okay. Yeah, you know. come full circle you, again. You know, but no, yeah, and I, uh, maybe it was well, maybe it was unnatural, unnatural fibres, acrylic fibres. I think fibre has come a long way. I think with the British sheep too, we were using the different fleeces and you know they were more the sweaters we made were more for fell walking or outdoor sweaters and they were very scritchy and itchy and but now well for example we, we use mass and we use uh, uh, blue face leicester which is the best fleece uh, britain hat and it's beautiful yeah, it's absolutely we, we can, beautiful uh, can, i've been admiring have, uh, that i've been admiring Lynn and these snoods beautiful absolutely beautiful in my sure favorite colours. I have that called teal and ice gem and you have my colour pretty. Uh, yeah, very it's similar to. And they, those um, they're just beautiful pieces. Just beautiful.
beautiful pieces. This is Ode to the Snood. Do you know the Snood is just the best accessory, isn't it? Just the best accessory. Um, I, you know, somebody once said to me, Erica, you're not knowingly under accessorized. You know, I, I think the accessory is a fantastic long may it last as a good product. Part of the podcast, we're going to have a whip wall. Ooh. So currently, Lynn is leading on the whip wall, and she has 19 works in progress. I oh, have yeah. five. I have a mere five. How many do you think you might have? Are you going to be at the top of our whip wall? I think, actually, because it's your five a day. I've always got one that I'm, I have to do for work. Because people always say to me, you know what you're doing, hobby. Because work sort of gets in the way, in a way, from all the other things you want to be doing, all other people's stuff you want to be doing. You've got there's something for a gift for a friend. You've got something, obviously, for charity that you're doing. Um, so that's your three. So it's something for, for me for work, something for a friend, something for charity, a woolly Sudoku. You've got to have a problem-solving one. And then you've got to have something easy for your TV knitting, for your favourite box exactly. set, and your bottle of Merlot. Five a day. It's healthy. It's, yeah, I would say it's always in excess of 10. I probably won't admit to that. Do you think you're pitching over 19, or should we keep Lynn at the top No, I think 19, you've probably got it, girl. <laughs> but I've got three with me. <laughs> I've got to get them done by the time I hit London. I should have finished one. But I've found some lovely ribbon, so I can finish that on the train going home. You know, you come to go to knit group and, and think, oh, I, I have different do? things that yeah. I take to different groups as well. But then I just need to get sorted. I might, um, you know, frog some. I need to just have a, a really good sort of time and get myself See, in you a can always add one on, can't you? Because there's always one you, you think, oh, I'm going to unwind that one. Yes. You know, yeah. I cannot, I cannot, I don't know about anybody else. If I know I've gone wrong somewhere, I've got to unpick it. Mm. Even if I've gone way past, I'm, no, I'm exactly the you've same. got to go back. Sometimes if I'm, if I'm working to a deadline, I've got a commission that I need to do, and I know I've made a mistake, I will actually unpick it and stay up late rather than leave it in and worry that the photography might pick it up or if somebody sees yep. that I've done that wrong. Yeah. No, my, yeah. my Sally would always say, um, Oh, that's a huge story we're doing. You know, let's just do the corner of that, just because that's all you show in photography. She'll moan very tersely at me, and I go, no, because we might not use that corner. It will show. I'm anal about all the finishing. I'm just anal about it. I have to, and but even that, I will unpick it on the day. As you say, I will stay up on that. Still, I'm getting too old for staying up on that. But it has to be done. We're perfectionists. Okay. Well, I'm coming round your <laughs> You're sure. very welcome, Erica. You know, the stash palace. Oh, my God. We're just off the M6. So if you're Wonderful. Just outside Crewe. So if you ever get stuck in Crewe, you just give yeah, us No, we'll it's destination. This is now destination. I'm bringing 24 <laughs> Americans. <laughs> well, I'm just setting up a girl office as well, so I could probably fit 24 Americans in, in my new office space. It'd be great. These are new holiday destinations. Yeah. Yes. This crew. is what we want. <laughs> welcome to Crewe, people. Yeah. Remains to say thank you so much. Thank you, Emma. Absolute pleasure. I feel as well. Come home. It's lovely. (laughs) So a joy, absolute joy. Yay, crochet. Really hope you enjoyed the Erica Knight interview. We had a lot of fun recording it with her. As we've said many times, she is just lovely. So we have two skeins of studio linen that Erica has kindly given us for a competition prize. We have a 50 gram skein of milk, which is a really nice, well, as it says, it's It's milky, (laughs) creamy, milky shade. And we have a 50 gram skein of flutter, which is sort of a a light brownie. I'd call that sludge. It's one of my favourite colours. It's really lovely. It's a really nice shade and together they go really well. So I'm sure you'll be able to create something really nice with those. The second competition prize that Erica has kindly given to us is her signed copy of her Simple Colour Knitting book, which is her latest book. It's um, a How to Knit with Colour workshop and there's 20 projects in there and it's suitable for knitters of all abilities. So Erica will guide you through the techniques from uh, working with two colours, uh, working with intarsia, how to read 
graphs and things like that so yeah it's an absolutely fantastic book it's, it's a really nice prize so good luck with that so something for crocheters and, and knitters. knitters and this is how you are in with the chance for um, winning either of those two prizes there will be two separate threads we have started a group on Ravelry called the Crochet Circle Podcast. If you join that group, you will then see that there will be a thread, which is um, Erica Knight's Studio Linen Giveaway. And there will be a thread, which will be called Erica Knight Simple Colour Knitting Giveaway. You can enter to both and the requirements will be clearly stated within that Ravelry thread. But basically we will ask you to answer a couple of questions. It's only one um, entrant per person. If you do duplicate entries then they will be deleted I'm afraid and we're going to be quite harsh on that one because mm -hmm. we want everybody to have a fair go at it. And we're also going to open this up worldwide because although I only started the Ravelry group last night, we seem to have lots of followers already <laughs> and lots of you are from America. <laughs> So, yeah, it might be that we're posting stuff all over the fantastic. world, which is yeah. fantastic to think that we might have lots of listeners, potential listeners already from all over the place. And I saw there was somebody from Canada in there as well. All the details are on the Ravelry group, which um, again is the Crochet Circle podcast. Please join up and be with a chance for winning one of those two prizes. Good luck. And just to finish off, I really hope you enjoyed the Erica Knight interview. We'll see you next time for episode three. First Friday of every month is when you will receive your next instalment of the Crochet Circle podcast. Thank you. Mm -hmm.